Welcome to the Melrose Place Podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny. I'm Dan. Let's get started. Episode 23, Love and Death. Air date. Love and Death Love and 101. Death 101. Air date March 13th, 1995. Three days from Jenny's 10th birthday. Yes. 1995. Yes. This was a good one. I agree. A lot going on. A lot of special guests that made an a, a impact. We jump in the D&D. Allison strolls into work, high on life, high on love, high with that big old award in her hands. She's got it right there. She's walking in. Everyone's applauding her, giving her congratulations. And she's very humble and she's thanking everybody. And she walks in and Brooke has already started work at D&D. It's amazing how just happy she is about this allison yeah and how just unaware of like about how she like how it comes off as she robbed amanda but did she yes absolutely she nominated herself like what kind of story is that to be like so proud of i've just if i if i did that if i nominated myself for an award and i won it i would not come into work like Ho, ho, hello, everybody. Like, holding the award. I would just, like, bring it in a bag and put it on the shelf or something. Well, in essence, Amanda nominated herself, but she just was going to make Allison submit the paperwork for her. That's it. That is true. So, I think it doesn't matter about who nominated you. At the end of the day, there was a panel of judges who decided who the winner was. Yeah. And that winner was Allison. And I think that while, okay, all a lot can be said for, yes, by winning, she did kind of betray Amanda, but look how Amanda treats her. It's true. Who cares? It's true, but I would if I were I'd be worried I'd be getting fired. I would not be coming in there well, super happy. She does. She walks in and then she sees Billy and Brooke who are kind of chatting about everything and she asks, Does Amanda hate me? And they're like, Well, she's at her doctor's appointment now, but you better go into her office. The board is there waiting to talk to you. Brooke is so hot. <laughs> by the way she's very pretty i'm glad that she is on the show yeah but she's are it's funny because like what did these awards happen like the night before or like the weekend and she's had to already, be like friday she's already there she's already set up already like Ch- around the up. water cooler lots of office gossip going on she's already part of it well when you're that beautiful people want to be friendly to you <laughs> and let you hang out. 
So Allison walks into Amanda's office, not really knowing what to expect. I think she was kind of probably thinking that she might be getting fired or be in trouble. But the people that greet her on the other side of the door are very welcoming. They congratulate her and they say that they want to strike while the iron is hot. And they want to promote her to president of d and I thought for sure she was getting canned. When she walked Did in you? there. Yeah, I thought I thought Amanda would be in there. No. Sneak attack. You're fired. No, I thought that she I thought that she was gonna be promoted because Amanda cannot be at the office. And they did this same like TV budget save money thing where there were like four people in the office, like ready for Allison, and then like one person speaks, introduces the other three, and the other three just like hum, hum. <laughs> they're just, just there. They don't say anything. They just nod because they don't want because the production doesn't want to pay him as speaking actors. Now, after Allison has been offered this position, she's a little confused and she says, "Oh, okay. Well, you mean while Amanda's out temporarily, you need me to step in and act as president? I'm happy to help. Whatever I can do." And then the board guys like, "Oh no." The clients of D&D and the board know who's been running the show while Amanda's out. And we want you to take over D&D permanently. Allison's eyes fucking light up. (laughs) And they say, can you handle that? And her response is, sure I can. Sure. Sure I can. (laughs) She's into it. I cannot believe her willingness. What, Dan? To just be like, yup, well, done. Because she has to worry about her career. She is working under a freaking tyrant that basically calls her an idiot on a daily basis. <laughs> she makes her life living hell. That's what I'm afraid of. And and although, okay, Amanda's sick and my heart goes out to her, but she needs to be out of the office getting well. And I think from a standpoint from but Allison's that, career, yeah, she's got to take the job. She's got to take it. But that's why Allison was like, oh, yeah, on a temporary basis until Amanda. Right. I'll do it. But this, this puts Allison in a completely different light. Like, you can view her now as an a, a, a equal villain to Amanda. Like, she has, she's tried to undercut her before. When she went to Hawaii with Jake, honeymoon, vacation's over. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so now she is effective immediately, freaking president of D&D. Now that is our cold open. We go to the opening credits and we get to see all of our beautiful faces, lots all of, of our friends. Lots of new establishing LA shots. Lot of new, lot of new locations. They went out. Um, See a shot of Century City. Yeah. And all the the skyscrapers there. And then a great shot if you're on the 101 going up on like from an exit going onto the highway. And then you can see like the skyscrapers around downtown. They did one going up a hill and the road was like so fucked up. It was just like all kinds of potholes. Maybe was that like, was the freeway was one. Like why'd they pick that road? <laughs> but we're at some lawyer's office. With Michael, he now this is the first time like this is this is introduced. He wants he's trying to get a settlement for when they got in that accident and he is blaming the road 
was the problem. <laughs> he is saying that <laughs> the road was all torn up and he's suing the, well, I guess not suing, but he's going after the city of Los Angeles yeah. for damages. Now, if you don't remember for some crazy reason, Michael is referring to the night he got hammered at dinner, proposed to Kimberly while driving. <laughs> <laughs> he... <laughs> He like gives the ring. He's like, hey, come on, put it on. Come on, look at it. Look how cool it is. And then nothing about the road. He goes off of the road and goes up an embankment. Is that what you call those? Yeah, and then he flips. And he the flips car. the car completely in air and then into like a home that hasn't been built yet. Like the foundation is and there. Upside down. Like upside they land down. Upside down. And that's the, really the start of all of that is Kimberly's the beginning of the heartache, psychotic problems, right? And so he is trying to say that because the road was all torn up, no, that caused the accident. So he wants it, a million. Now, first, <laughs> his lawyer's like, "Oh, Michael, I was really hoping that we could meet your wife," and he's like, "Oh, no, 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 she's an agoraphobic. She's she fucked even, up. Can't uh, even leave the the house. The accident's really." you know, really traumatized her. Anytime we talk about the accident, it just brings up all of those emotions. She can't be around people or anything. We need that million dollars. And this this part makes absolutely, I'm fine going with it, but it makes absolutely no goddamn sense because anyone who does the slightest bit of research into Kimberly Shaw uh, will see that she has taken many a patient yeah, she's Since fully employed at Wilshire Memorial Hospital. Fully employed. She's filed police reports. She's spoken to detectives about a uh, possible kidnapping of a child. She has done many things to, to easily prove that she's all good. Doesn't make any well, goddamn sense. Well, that's the thing about Michael. He is always willing to, to gamble. I mean, what does he have to lose? So he basically, his lawyer says, I'm sorry, the Insurance deal's fraud. not going to be done. Like, we're, I thought we had it in the bag. Turns out we don't. And Michael's like, well, look, I need some money. What do you think that they'll pay me to just leave them alone? And he says, probably, I don't know, 100, 200,000. He's like, great. That's what I need. That's what I want. Make it happen. See you later. And this lawyer, I believe, is played by... Michael Laskin. Michael Laskin's known for Just Go With It, Eight Men Out, Disclosure, and The Grifters. Cool. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> so next up, we go back to D&D where Amanda is arriving after her doctor's appointment. She walks in. <laughs> she sees Billy and Brooke kind of just like, well, actually, I'm sorry. She just sees Billy yeah. just kind of hanging out in his little cubicle and notices that Allison is not at her desk. Where the hell is Allison? Um, well, Allison, uh, and then she keeps getting... I want her in my office as soon as you see her. Yeah, so Amanda He's keeps like, well, cutting. actually, but... Nah, I right. don't want any more excuses, Billy, okay? I know you're always trying to cover for her, but this is the time she's going to own up to her responsibilities. Tell her to meet me in my office right after lunch. And then Am Billy's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Amanda walks into her office, and to her surprise, Allison is sitting at her desk. Now... 
there for a moment there's just like a look of just dumbfoundedness and brooks on her hands and knees packing amanda's shit right so <laughs> amanda says allison while i am glad to see that you're preparing for a meeting i would prefer that you do it at your own desk please vacate vacate the premises and allison looks at amanda and says amanda this is my desk I'm sorry. The board decided to replace you because of your illness. Is that legal? No. <laughs> can I, one can one do that? I don't think so. So Amanda gets really upset. She goes like all up in Allison's face and is like, "Oh, she is. I never seen her this mad. She's calling people dead. Like she looks at Brooke and is like, "You're dead." She's like, "Pack another box and you're dead." <laughs> she threatens murder And then she's talking to Allison She's like I'm gonna cut you open Like a rotten piece well, of fruit like You self-serving Pathetic Backstabbing Drunk If you Jesus. think that this is gonna fly It is not And then she looks at Brooke And says And you get your paws off of my things Or you're dead And then Allison is like Amanda, you know this is procedure. We will messenger all of your belongings to you. And she's like, no, and when I'm done with you, I'm going to cut you open like a piece of rotten fruit. Who cuts open pieces of rotten fruit? I don't. I just throw them in the garbage. Yeah. But, I mean, fuck, man. Amanda got done dirty. This is no way to come back while you have cancer. Like, what's the reason of termination? Cancer? She can't fulfill her duties. Cancer. I don't so know. So she she is done. She's she's doesn't work at D&D. She's finished. Well, and Allison does say it's nothing personal. It's just because of your illness. You've got to worry oh. about getting well. And she's like, "Oh, and you'll always have a space at D&D." And Amanda says, "Yeah, and you're in it." <laughs> <laughs> you in my space, bitch. And then as Amanda storms out, Allison and Brooke exchange looks like, yep, see, she's the bitch I was telling you about. Dude, how would you handle that? You come into work, you're sick, you're you're you, you know, you're trying to keep the keep the place alive, and someone's packing up all your stuff sitting at your desk. I would go to the board. I would, I would talk to the person who made the decision. And she was I like, would there's, ex- an, there's a memo going around. You didn't that's, get the memo? That's how you fire someone? Yeah, she Buy got, a memo? She got done so dirty. I would expect like a meeting. Yeah. You know, a lunch, a breakfast. Something to give her the heads up. Yeah, not just coming in and like your desk is gone. Yeah, someone's sitting there and you don't work there anymore. I'd be like, no change is effective until Amanda is like out the door. Yeah. And all of her things are gone. That's messed up. All the times Amanda done helped y'all out. Got them out of a lawsuit with Chaz. But one could argue they wouldn't be in a lawsuit with Chaz had Amanda not exercised better judgment and hired him. That's true. You can't just go out to Thai food for one hour <laughs> and, say, and hire in you your know mom's what? boyfriend. <laughs> Do you want to be the right-hand man here at D&D and handle everything? And lock me in corners and make out with me? Okay, we go to the hospital. Michael is talking to Kimberly, and he is so stoked. He has such a way of like just making her completely oblivious to what he's actually doing. 
And he always builds up these grand plans. He sent their resumes to the Mayo Clinic in the Midwest. And they've accepted them. They want to see them both. Right. Apparently. And this is like the top hospital in the country. This is going to make a man, uh, Kimberly and Michael, like super happy, super rich, and this on the track of partners in crime. And as Michael keeps referring to them as, we're going to be a team of doctors. Mm-hmm. We're going to be this successful team. I'm going to terminate the lease as of May. But the only problem is they want to see you tomorrow. And I checked your schedule. You're completely free. So you've got to go tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to meet you there in a couple of days because I've got my rounds and everything. I can't get off work. But when I do, I'm going to go to, we're both going to interview for these positions. We're going to get them. And then we're going to be our special team of doctors in the Midwest at the Mayo Clinic. He is just so smooth at like sliding stuff in. It's like, this is going to be so great. How about you sign this res- this thing real quick? It terminates our lease. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be beautiful. <laughs> what a team. And You've got to go tomorrow. Even Kimber- ah. Kimberly is like, well, we're a team. Shouldn't we wait and go together? And Michael's like, oh, no, Kimberly, there's only a couple of spots left. They're being very selective. You got to go first. Get that foot in the door. And I'm going to be right behind you a couple days later. Kimberly, all of that being said, Kimberly is on to him. She knows it's weird. Yeah. And we have a lingering shot where we get a close-up of Kimberly. And she's got that kind of like, that expression on her face that kind of shows, okay, I know he's up to, th- to something, but I'm going to just play along and do what I got to do. Have you ever noticed they don't like do any sort of like hanky-panky anymore at the, at the hospital? They used to be such a part of their dynamic of like, meet me in the OR. <laughs> Well, hey, come here. And they like pull each other into like the corner or like. That's when Michael was a married man and not married to Kimberly. Yeah. You know, it was fun and exciting. Now they've just fizzled out. He loses the, loses its luster. So there, she's on a mission. She's gone. Michael's part one of his plan is complete. So let's go to shooters. Jake answers the phone. It's Sam. It's a blast from the past. That's what we know of this conversation. We're only getting one side of it because we can't hear the other side of the phone. Now, at first, Jake is really excited to talk to Sam, but we can tell that his mood changes and he becomes very somber and very reserved and quiet. He hangs up the phone. Sydney's behind the bar with him, and she can tell that there's something going on. She's just like, she asks Jake, what's going on? Let's talk. Jake completely rebuffs her, says, leave him alone. He runs into the bathroom and says, don't worry about it. He, I quote, he says, Sydney, for God's sakes, just shut up, all right? And then he slams the door in her face. <laughs> and, okay, side note, does his hair look crazy darker to you? It's, it, it's pretty dark, yeah. I, I remember him being like a dirty blonde. Yeah, maybe they're trying to match him to Joe more. Or match him to... The other character that we meet in this episode. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I'm just like, I, I just prefer him so much more with that like dirty blonde hair. I don't like him as a dark brunette. And l- very much less Jake on a bike. He's not leather jacketing it. He's not like pulling up places. He's not- I think that was a conscious 
decision. To like move him away from biker? Yeah. And make him... Because I want him to... We meet someone later on in this episode that I think they wanted to create a contrast. Yeah. Um, so we leave that scene with Sydney just confused. Now, Amanda, she gets home from being fired and she immediately gets on her uh, mobile. Is that a, is that a mobile phone? No, it, I mean, it's a house phone. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I'm like, but it why? flips, it flips out like a, just, like a mobile. But I'm just thinking like, why the heck would she use a, a cell phone to call someone when she's at home? That phone looks like a toy. It looks like a, a child's toy now. But she gets on the phone. Michael's her first call. And she's like, Michael, I'm feeling worse. I've been fired. Uh, like, I, got, I feel like I've got nothing. I can't take this anymore. And yeah. And Michael says, don't worry. I have a place you can go. Hang tight. I'm going to put it together. He hangs up and he looks up at the receptionist at the hospital and says, page Dr. Shaw right away. Tell her to meet me at home. So, and that's weird. Like, if she's working. (laughs) Why can't you just stop her at work? (laughs) But how can... There's a reason why she's got to go home. But how can Michael make her deviate from, like, her hospital duties? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, he's not paging her to, like... Oh, she's supposed to go into a surgery? Nope. She's got to go home now. Who's the who's the resident doctor at Wilshire Memorial We anymore? don't know. Like... Now that, now that <laughs> Peter's gone, who knows? Who's running that place? I do not know. It's just... They just think that we don't think about this stuff. But we do, and it keeps us up at night. Guys, I randomly talk to Jenny, like, throughout the day of, like, Hey, Jenny... Um, do you know that Jake has kissed every woman on the show and, except Kimberly and Rhonda? And he'll bring it up and he's not even like, there's no frame of reference that we're talking about <laughs> Melrose Place. He'll just be like, Rhonda, Rhonda didn't wear any blah, blah, blah. Or like, he'll say something. I'm like, Rhonda, who, who are you talking about? And he's like, Melrose Place. Yeah. Like I should know. Anytime he mentions the character's name, he's always talking about Melrose Place. Or it'd be like, don't you think Matt, should have like walked away and she's like who who the fuck is matt (laughs) what are you talking about i've got melrose on the brain yeah all the time all the time the show's got me it took it took three seasons well well i was in on two two i was like yeah yeah now we're taken to the (laughs) courtyard where Jake is taking a load off. He's reflecting. He's having a beer. And Joe is walking with her laundry basket. She notices that Jake looks upset. So she sits down next to him and she asks what's going on. I got a call today from Sam. He told me that my mom died. R.I.P. Southern Bill. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. God, I miss her denim and... Her denim, her acid wash denim on denim. Her huge cleavage. (laughs) And that gorgeous red hair. She's such a little drunk, a little floozy. Oh, Jake, (laughs) I'm just going to hang out at Shooters. You know the place? Ugh. He owns it now. Just getting, like, she was getting mauled at the pool table at Shooters. 
And then Jake sent her on a bus, kicked her out. Yep. Sent her away. She is officially dead. Now, Jake is not sure how this happened. You know, she wasn't sick. There wasn't any warning. She's just dead. And he does admit that he feels really bad because he hadn't talked to her in months. And Joe asks, when's the funeral? He's like, probably this week. And Joe says, well, fine, I'm going to go with you. And he's like, you would do that? She's like, yeah, you've done much more than that for me. But like I said, like Jake does do a lot for Joe, but he doesn't really help her all that much. Like Jake went with Joe to like help save her baby. She still got shot. Yeah, but (laughs) Jake said don't leave the car and she did. True. I guess so. Jake's punched. Jake's beat up some people for Joe. Yeah. He has done a lot for her. So this is the least that she can do. So they decide they're going to leave tomorrow. As this conversation is wrapping up, Sydney walks into the courtyard and is like, oh, what's going on? What's happening tomorrow? Hey, guys. What's going on? And then Jake's like, well, um, there was a death in the family. And Sydney... She's genuinely sad for him. Yeah, and she he says, it's my mother. I'm so sorry I snapped at you earlier today. I just was very caught off guard. And she's like, you know what, Jake, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. Mm-hmm. You are going to need as much support as you can get. Me, you, and Joe just going up to, I think he like is from Portland or Seattle, somewhere yeah. north. He's like, we're, we're going to take that car ride all the way up north together. We're going to do this together. And Sydney's like, oh, Jake's like, um, I'm going to need you to like work your shifts. Like you need to watch the bar. That's how you can help me. And then she's pretty upset back to this jealous of Joe thing. She's like, oh, so Joe's going to come be your moral support, huh? And Jake doesn't want to hear it. He's like, look, can you do it or not? Like, tell me or else I got to get someone else to do it. Yeah. And Sydney says, fine, I'll do it. So Kimberly now rushes home, and uh, the second she gets home, Michael all but throws her into a cab. Yeah, he's like, come on, you got to go. And she's like, Michael, I don't understand. Why are you trying to get me out the door so quickly? And he's like, your interview's tomorrow. You want to show up being all jet-lagged and red-eyed? You got to get out there, get a good night's sleep, and then go in and put your best foot forward. And she's just like, okay, bye. Like, did she pack or anything? I don't know. He throws the suitcase into the the trunk. And then she goes in. She looks out the the rear window and is blowing kisses to Michael, thinking about their lovely little life they're going to have in the Midwest together. And as the taxi cab is driving away. Not even 10 seconds go by. Amanda's red convertible is coming the other way. And it parks right there in... In the little driveway area. He is 100% invested in Amanda at this point. Like, he just, he's got the blinders on. He does not give a shit about Kimberly. Right. So Amanda rolls up and she's like, okay, like, what's up? Where are we going? And he's like, well, here, welcome to your retreat. And Amanda asks, what about Kimberly? She's gone. I took care of that. It's We're, over. We're broken up. She's done. Uh, Michael is such a snake. It's just you and me now, Amanda. Now, come on in. So Michael intends to have Amanda stay at the beach house for the duration of the time Kimberly is away. 
And it's the next day. Michael wakes up off the couch and he gets up and goes into Amanda, well, his bedroom with Kimberly, but Amanda's sleeping there. And she still thinks that she's getting worse. And Michael, uh, he suggests that he wants her to start, start her on new drugs, which doesn't make any sense because isn't Dr. Steele, doesn't he have a plan? Isn't that why they went to New York? You can't just change somebody's drugs. I have no idea, Dan. I didn't even like, catch that. You got to stick to the script. I thought that they were talking about just having like n- more chemo treatments, but I didn't know that it was like a new round of yeah, drugs. Yeah, he wants to start her on new shit. Like what? You can't just do that. And I'm pretty sure. are you sure. an oncologist? Yeah. Like how do you know what's good or bad for cancer? There was a good three episodes about how like you needed to get into this program that will work, that is working, that... Now is you need to change? No, 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 no. Well, there's a knock on the door and Michael leaves the bedroom and standing at his doorstep is an insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. He, he pretty much wants to settle, but before he does that, he needs to see Kimberly. And Michael's like, uh, oh, right. Yeah, you want to you wanna see her? To like prove that she's all fucked up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me give me a second. <laughs> he goes so, <laughs> he goes into their bedroom, <laughs> takes like a blanket. And covers Amanda's head with it, like a turban almost. And so all you can see is just her face. And she's oh, she's already feeling like shit. So she's just like laying in bed and looks really pathetic and sick. And he's like, look, I don't have time to explain anything to you. A man's going to come in no matter what. Don't say, don't say anything, anything. Okay, just lay here. That's all you have to do. This is such like gave me like Miss Doubtfire anxiety. You know how... <laughs> When he's like jumping from table to table, like oh, changing yeah. in the restaurant and shit. It's like, it's that same kind of anxiety of like, oh my God. Oh, Jesus. But like Michael's trying to set it up. So Michael brings in the insurance adjuster into the bedroom and he introduces Amanda as Kimberly. And Amanda looks at this insurance guy and she's just like, what the fuck is this? She's like, Michael, what's going on? And the insurance adjuster's kind of like taking it all in, seeing just how sick poor Kimberly is. How does he assess that by like, he wa- she's but, laying in yeah, bed. You walk in a room, there's a woman laying in bed and there's a blanket on her head. <laughs> And she's confused. And then Michael just says, <laughs> He's like, Kimberly, remember what I said? Just sh- don't talk. Yeah, and then, like, you need your rest. Don't say anything. <laughs> and then Michael looks at the insurance adjuster and is like, is that what you need? Is that like, is that okay? You came in here. You've seen you her. And he's like, yes, I've seen everything I need to see. Oh, she is very ill. She has I, a freaking blanket, has a blanket, on, blanket her on her head. She just seems like she could not face the day. I can't wait till the end of this episode. That's my motherfucking lesson. (laughs) If you want to get 100 G's for being sick, lay in bed, blanket. Blanket over the head. You'll get it. So Michael ushers the guy out of the house. He says, I'm going to be sending the check. Everything's fine. He's happy to hear it. Amanda comes out and she's like, Michael, I don't know what that was about. You are such a sleaze and I kind of like it, but look, I'm never, I'm not going to be a part of your little schemes anymore. Okay. 
I'm, so yeah, she's like, I'm not one of your your victim girls. So don't pull anything like that on me again. And she likes sleazes. She likes Michael as a sleaze. I mean, she liked. She kind of liked Chaz. He Chaz was, was <laughs> u- ultimate sleaze. He was horrible. Billy wasn't a sleaze. Billy was a child. <laughs> Jake's not a sleaze. Would you say Peter was a sleaze? Peter was just like a control weird guy. He was like 50 shades of Peter. <laughs> Fucking three weaknesses. 50 shades of chess. <laughs> 50 shades of chess hands. <laughs> okay, so next up we are with Joe and Jake. And they are up in Portland or Seattle or wherever Jake is from. Somewhere with weather. Didn't get that. Yeah, it was raining a lot. Really Shitty car. Yeah. Whose car is that? I don't know if that's J- Joe's. I don't know. And we're Joe. Jake is meeting with this lawyer that I guess knows him and his family for years. Sam Bennett. He's he's handling their their mother's like affairs, sort of wrapping up the the life and times of. Of uh, of Miss Hanson, and he's played by Noah Emmerich, or Emmerich, and he is known from The Walking Dead, The Truman Show, and The Americans. I love The Americans, and when he came on the screen, I was like, "How do I know this guy?" He looks worse. He looks twenty five years ago. Yes, than he does today. Yes, he really does. Like. His role on the Americans, he looks younger and he looks more fit. He looks better. Is he? Is he the neighbor or is he's he? He's the neighbor that's in the FBI or the CIA or whatever. Right, and he's investigating like them. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't know it that they're his neighbors. Right. Um, I gotta get back on that show. Such a good show! Oh you my god, you left me. You left me. Watch the Americans, guys. That I'm is telling so on Jenny. Good. Telling on Jenny right now. Stop. I was watching The Americans. This is what always happens. I was watching The Americans. I told Jenny, hey, babe, you should check out this show. It's called The Americans. It's real good. We should watch it together. We do a little bit, and then Jenny just left me in the dust. Dan, I got two words for you. Castle Rock. Okay? (laughs) You did the same thing to me. I mean, all right, fine. All right, we're even. Okay. he asks if... uh, well, Jake asks if his brother, Jess, God, this is going to be a hard episode. Jess, Jake, Joe, Joe, Jane, the Jays. Uh, he asks Jess if he has dealt with the funeral arrangements and he hasn't. And we know that Jake's mom has died from a brain thing, <laughs> a brain thing. And I yep. quote, they were like, it was, it was a, it was a brain thing. It was thing. a brain thing. He got in a fight. And we learned that, that Jess and his mother did get in a fight. The mom stormed out. or Je- I'm sorry, Jess stormed out of the trailer. And, and then when she he had comes a brain back, thing. <laughs> brain thing happened. Mom said. <laughs> uh, reason for death? Brain thing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, do, whatever you do, don't get a brain thing. So we learn that Jess is still up at the gas station that he owns. And so like, it's basically like done. (laughs) Yeah. Like sucks. And he's not doing really well. Uh, What's his name? Sam makes it clear. Like, well, he works at this gas station, but it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, why do you have to like also and, offer that information? And insult to injury. Yep, your mom died, and your yeah. brother like sucks, and his business is failing. Does Jess still work at the gas station? Sort of. <laughs> it's horrible. I guess he's employed. So he makes a comment about how Joe's so pretty, and how Jake always went with the prettiest girls, and that she's no exception. That's not a good thing to say. Well, even Joe says, thanks, I think. Yeah, it's not a... <laughs> what are you doing there, guy? Like, you're not helping Jake out. What if Jake was like, I was a nerd back in my hometown and didn't date anybody? That's his business. It's a lie, but like, you know, I don't know. We head on back to D&D where Allison is in her new office and Billy comes to pay her visit and asks, well, how's the new prez? Yeah, she is. she's immediately just assume the role of busy B and tries to immediately like shoo Billy away as Amanda would. I've got lots of hours of work. I came in at 5 a.m. today and I still have hours to go and she's just complaining and so then can you can, yeah, I, can, mm. can you just get out of here and Billy produces a little box and he says okay I wanted to give this to you big shot so Allison takes a moment out of her busy day to open it, and she finds it's a day planner. Best on the market. Best on the market. How do you know that? You did a lot of research, Dan, okay? And in that, you couldn't just Google it. No. Nope. Like, you had to do a lot of actual research. I checked all my computer mails and uh, oh, saw this planner. I went down to the Barnes & Nobles, and I asked them, what's the best planner that Barnes you have? Barnes & Noble? In 95? The Walden Books. He went to Walden Books. <laughs> that dude, my man went to Crown Books. <laughs> that might all be East Coast references. I went to Walden Books. <laughs> I asked him for the best, and there it was. And so Allison does take a time, like a moment, and she's like, oh, thank you, Billy. This is very sweet. I really appreciate this. And he's like, let me know if you have, let me take some work off your hands. And uh, she gives him a stack to summarize. And she's like, you'll probably have to work late tonight, but I want it done today. And Billy, he sort of just accepts the the new Allison. Well, he kind of gives her a look like, oh, my gosh, this is like Amanda. Like, you can kind of tell, like, whoa, like, she's reverting back to Amanda world. And then she's like, what? Is there any, like, is, do you have any questions? What? And he's like, uh, nothing, boss. Maybe it's the chair. Maybe when you sit in that chair, it just like it's like the ring in Lord of the Rings, where like when you wear it, it just weighs on you, and you like, start to like. When you sit in the chair, you just become a big, huge bitch. Yeah, it's the <laughs> bitch chair. Um, <laughs> so Billy has now accepted the fact that Allison is queen bitch, hot shit. So now Jake and Joe. They show up to Jess's horrible gas station slash yeah. mechanic place. Yeah. What is this? Like a, a mobile? Or like a... Yeah, but it's really old school. And I think I know where this gas station is. It's really? In Santa Clarita, yeah. We're not going there, guys. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I am not going there. And he, it, we find that Jess is played by none other than Dan Cortez. <laughs> You guys know Dan Cortez? Yeah, dude. He was uh, MTV Sports, right? Yeah. MTV Sports. He was also in Demolition Man. That's what I know him from. Um, he was on Castle. 
Man Up. Uh, the last thing he did was in 2015 called Changing Seasons. There's something about Dan Cortez playing this role. I feel like it's Adam Sandler trying to like be funny mad. Get out of here. <laughs> now go. I, it's so weird. <laughs> like I can't take him seriously. I just look at him and I just feel like it's like a, a comedian trying to play a caricature of someone that's mad. <laughs> Go, get out of here. <laughs> he does not talk like that. And I'm not talking about Adam Sandler, like, circa water boy. <laughs> Go, Jake, I don't like you no more. <laughs> Take your girlfriend with you. Oh, my God. Okay, so. I mean, he's got he's got better acting chops than... Some of the other Are guest stars. Are you kidding? Stars. Some of the other guest stars. <laughs> okay, so he's... Remember, can I remind you, please, of Ricky? <laughs> yeah! Yeah, Sid! Way to go, Sid! And that was actually pretty good. Blew it to smithereens! <laughs> okay, so... The bar is low. Okay? <laughs> So Jess Hansen is working on the car part as, as Jake and Joe approach him. He looks up from his business and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And then she's like, Jess, come on. You know what I'm doing here. Our mom died. Can't be about mom. <laughs> you know why? Because you sent mom back on a bus. You could have helped her out. And he said, but instead you kicked her out. He's like, look, I'm here to help. He's like, don't say another word, little brother. And yeah, I, get out of here, little brother. And I love that. Like they have to do that to establish that like he's older. You better get out of here, little brother. <laughs> I'm a little brother. And if anyone killed her, it's you. Yeah. If anyone killed her, it's definitely you. And Jake's just like, all right, I'm out. And dude, he freaking backs. He gets in the car so quick. He backs up almost into traffic. Dan, I know. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. It's like so he gets in the car. It's fucking raining out there. Look at this. And like he's just watching him. Look. Oh, shit. <laughs> like it is really fast. He's not looking. He almost killed them. Yeah, he did. And Joe is wearing like the loosest turtleneck I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like it's like her turtleneck is like a shirt sleeve. It's the, a cow neck, Dan. Like it's on wrong. No. Look how loose that shit is. <laughs> it's supposed to be a cow neck. That's what it's called. It's called a cow neck? <laughs> a cowl. Oh, cowl neck. I think. <laughs> it's like a nice cow neck shirt. <laughs> it's horrible. So Jake nearly kills them when he's backing out of the, the, the garage slash mechanic shop. So we're now back at the beach house where... Get out of here, little brother. <laughs> Don't act like you care. Go back to California with your little girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Oh now we're back God. at the beach house where Amanda and Michael are returning from chemo treatment. And Amanda is super... Weak. She needs help just getting in the door. Michael lays her on the couch and he's like, Amanda, 
I love you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to help you survive this. And then Amanda looks at Michael and says, Hey, Michael, um, don't say you love me anymore. <laughs> uh, it's freaking me out, buddy. No, she okay? says, I know you feel something for me and I may feel something for you, but just don't tell me you love me. Yeah, don't tell me that shit. Look away. Get out of here, little brother. Uh, next scene, Billy delivers his work and then Allison, like he, he's like, I, I finished. It's late. Okay. So we're at Probably D&D. Everyone's gone. Yeah. yeah. Billy delivers like the, 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 the summaries that Allison asked him to, to do. And Allison just gets up, shuts that door. Um, gives him a little kiss. Gives him a little, little right on the lips. And Billy's like, oh, what's that for Allison? She's like, I just want to, you know, thank you for your hard work. And um, then I want to take off your shirt. And then she's like, it's amazing, isn't it? Look how far we've come. And then Billy's like, yeah, remember when I came to your Yeah. I can't even talk. Remember when I came to your house? <laughs> <laughs> and you needed a place. I needed a place to stay. Remember that? Yeah, and I remembered you were pretty darn cute. And oh she starts on butt. <laughs> sure. I don't know why this is making me laugh so much. And then he he's like, right here. You want to do it? You want? <laughs> on Amanda's desk? And she's like, this is my desk now. Mm-mm-mm. Has Billy had sex with Amanda in this office? I don't know. I don't think so. That's what I thought of here. I was like... Damn, is he fucked two women at this work? I, he might have. Because he used to pop in a lot. Maybe. He used to pop in a lot. It's okay. my desk now. <laughs> so now we cut over to the graveyard. And we're with Joe and Jake. They're there ready to lay Jake's mom to her final resting place. Did you see the amount of mourners that she had? <laughs> <laughs> She had like seven mourners. <laughs> That's seven more than Amanda. <laughs> oh, Jenny, you're losing it. <laughs> she has so many mourners. She really had a lot of mourners. A lot. Of <laughs> so, and we're at this funeral, and Sam is still like trying to tie up loose ends at this thing. Like, not the place, bro. He's like, he, did you see him sprint? <laughs> he ran up to the funeral. He's like, because- oh, Jake, by the way, uh, your mom has a, a bill. It's like past due, I think. She forgot to turn off the sink. And like <laughs> Joe Joe has to look at him. Joe looks at him well, like, Sam, chill the fuck out. Well, because out. I think he was running because Jess isn't there. They're, uh, they're yeah, holding yeah, yeah. the funeral because they want to give Jess an opportunity to get there and pay his respects, but he's not there. So I think Sam went running to the trailer or something to go be like, Jess, you're, hey, Jess. your mom's funeral's ready. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he just hasn't shown up. So uh, Jake's like, let's wait a minute. Let's wait a couple minutes. And then like the, the priest or whoever just starts like 15 <laughs> seconds later. And they just go with it. So it's the next day. We're back at D&D. Allison is back at her office. Billy comes in and she just starts delegating new work to Billy. And he says, wait, 
wait a minute, we have to talk about last night. And she's like, what? What do you want to talk yeah. about? What do you What do you mean? I'm sorry, I didn't send you flowers. Work like, comes first these days. Yeah, and he's like, well, I mean, I just thought that maybe we should talk a little bit more. And she says, what's their problem? I thought that guys love sex with no strings attached. And he goes, don't get flip with me. <laughs> My mom used to say that shit. Don't get flip. But my mom would be like, you're being very flippant. <laughs> she did? Like, flippant? What the hell is flippant? <laughs> Don't get flip with me. Like, all right, Billy. Um, so they kind of have a, a little spat, I guess. But it gets cleared up, right? Well, he... He just kind of was like, fine, that's fine. It didn't mean anything to me, and you can just find yourself another toy to play with. Yeah, you want no strings? Fine, no <laughs> strings. And then Allison says, okay, since you can't handle us having a social life together, I'm going to go to this industry dinner alone. <laughs> and then Billy turns around, delivers the line of the episode. The best line. He goes, you know why you're stupid? You're pushing me away when you need all the help you can get. Oh, that was the best line I've ever heard him say. I rewound it five times. You know why you're stupid? <laughs> Who says that to their boss? <laughs> you know why you're stupid? Boy, I bet he gets it from Amanda. Amanda's called his ass a, every buffoonery name in the book. Idiot, moron, invalid, piece of shit. <laughs> now Jake drives up to his mother's and he finds Jess is there. And I I think Jess is is he playing drunk? <laughs> Dan, this is what I mean. I think he's playing it's drunk. It's like Adam Sandler trying to be mean. He's like trying it. to play a dramatic role. No, so we get there. And Joe is in the car, and he goes, wait here. I'm going to go talk to Jess by myself. He goes into his mom's trailer, and he finds Jess rooting around in all of the drawers, just cursing to himself like, damn it. Where the hell is it? Where is it? I can't find it. Where is it? Anything of hers is mine. So Jake comes in, and he's like, "Uh, hey, Jess, like, what's going on? And Jess is like, you took it, didn't you? You were here before I was here, weren't you? I'm looking for a jewelry box, a little velvety crappy thing. It had grandma's ring in that, and that ring's mine. I'm entitled to everything that she had. Everything that was hers is now mine. Jake's like, brother, big bro, Hey, relax. big brother. Relax, I don't want any of the money, any of the jewels. You can have it. I'm just here to settle mom's affairs. And Jess... He's really upset that that he had to take care of, of, of his mom while Jake had a great life in California. Yeah, he's like, you just jumped on that bike and you never looked back, did you? Did you, Jake? Where was Jake's robot dad at the funeral? He should have turned up. No way. Yeah, he, he wants to erase his own son, let alone the mistress that bore his son. But when they had that robotic hug, he opened up about his about his mom. He was like, I liked her. She was cool. We met yeah. at a bar. Yeah, but he probably has no idea that she's died. Yeah. And Jake's not going to tell her. So we learned that... Um, Jess was like, we missed you at the funeral, Jess. Well, at first, he's Jess has to like bring Jake on this guilt trip where he's like, 
You didn't care I was in a hellhole. My wife left me. She took all my money. And I had to take care of our mother. I had to keep the bottle out of her hands and the men out of her pants. Ew. I know. I was like, you were in charge of doing that? Ooh. No, Mom. Don't bang that guy. It's really gross. And then he was like, you were Mr. Allstate down in California with all the pretty girls. Well, I lived with mommy in this tin can. Yikes. Some built up problems there. Um, so Jess tells Jake to go to hell and they leave. Now we go to the beach house and Billy has brought Amanda... Basically, her severance package. Yeah, so making sure that she's going to be paid for the last few weeks that she worked and that her health insurance is going to run over to cover all of her medical costs. And Amanda, she just uses this time to reflect on her, on her career at D&D and how it's over. And they reminisce, like, you used to be my right-hand man, Billy. Now you got everything you want. You and Allison are a team. And yep. he's like, well, not really. And then Amanda does admit that for the longest time she thought that life was all about having some sort of status and making a huge career for herself. But now she realizes that being somebody is just being alive. Yep. She's 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 figuring out what is important in life. And then after that, Billy's like, well, okay, I'll let myself out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. I'm going to leave you here with all that. Yeah, your friend is like opening up to you about how she's had a change of heart in her outlook of life. And your first thought is to say, well, I'm going to go now. See ya. See ya. So now Joe shows up. With beer and food to eat in the hotel room with old Jakey Poo. Now, I wonder why they decided to stay in different rooms. Because when they went to go get Joe's baby back, remember they were in the same room, but they had two different beds? Mm -hmm. And then this time around... Do you think they're staying in different rooms? I think they are. I think Jake went to the house, to the the room, and Joe was like, I'm going to go get us some food. Be right back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they have different rooms, but she comes in and she's got a a big brown paper bag and she's like, well, hi there, Jake. I want to offer you a welcome to your fair town. I have some offerings with some chips and dip and beer. Would you like some? And Jake's like, hell yeah. Come on in. Now they, Jake starts talking about his reflection, like, The reflection on his brother, and he thinks I blame him for everything. I think he blames me for everything. And And, uh, during this scene, Jake is treating all of the furniture like a jungle gym. Yeah. (laughs) Did you see? He goes to sit in a chair, and he, like, perches up on, like, the back of the chair. Yeah. And he's, like, perched up like a little bird, like, talking to her. Then he gets his shoes on the bed. Yeah, (laughs) which I'm like, ew! Even though, like, that's a weird, disgusting comforter on that bed but still he's like on the bed and then he decides to like sit on the pillows and then like have his shoes all like crouched up in the bed his mom just died you know he's resorting back to being a child and so you think that that's why he threw the beer can across the room yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's your favorite he he's like 
he's just like trying to figure it all out. And he, he says like, I'm not ready for all of this. And he chucks his beer. He like, he doesn't actually throw it. Like when he broke that bottle of wine on Joe's like wall, that (laughs) was a throw. He sort of takes the top of this can and just like, I would say he flung it. Yeah. So he flings this beer up and then he gets into like predatorial, like pouncing phase, like mantis. Like he's like, (laughs) (laughs) like he's fucking, his tentacles have like, like just aroused and he's like ready to like, like consume Joe. And for, he says, you know, I'm just feeling angry. I hate my mom for dying on me like that. I wanted to straighten things out after the last time I saw her, but now that she's dead, she didn't give me the opportunity to fix it. She took it away. And then Joe's like, well, you know, you can't prepare yourself for stuff like that. So like you said, Dan, he's kneeling in this very awkward position, kind of like looking down at Joe. And then Joe gets on the edge of the bed and she's kneels to face him. And they're like both kneeling on the bed in this very strange way, talking. And he does his like close breathing, like in her face. And Joe says, we always get romantic at the funniest times. And then Jake just like, yeah, we do. <laughs> and just starts making out with her. <laughs> yeah, we do. So Jake's on top of her, like, tonguing her down, like, getting it. And then he's about to, like, his. you watch his right hand. It's, like, on his shoulder, on her face, on her neck. And then it looks like he, he like, pulls down, like, her um, strap on her, on her shirt. But then his hand, like, sort of... Meander. Goes south, like to like grab her boob, but then he like pulls away very quickly, and then it fades out. It was, you it was really very strange. That really got you. Well, I, I was I'm thinking it as a from an actor's perspective of like I bet they were just waiting for like okay say cut you know <laughs> all right do we get it yeah. and like he's just trying to figure out like shit to do with his hands like how long am I gonna just kiss her and not advance like the clothes coming off thing. Mm. So, so I feel like they, they cut that way too late because obviously the next step would be like, all right, start exploring, you know, <laughs> get on that body. But he didn't want to, you know? Okay. So the next scene, we are back at Jess's gas station, but this time Joe has gone alone to talk to Jess about the whole situation. Now, Jess, he has some sort of motor, on the table. Carburetor. Yeah. And, some kind of machinery. And a single flathead screwdriver. That could do probably not much <laughs> in repairing. And he's just like sticking it in into the thing. Like, yes. <laughs> well, I guess I'm gonna try to do this. So Jess Joe walks in and Jess says, What do you want? And then Jess says, Stop looking at me, swan. <laughs> How is he Adam Sandler? He just reminds me of someone goofy trying to be like dramatic. And not to say, okay, Adam Sandler did have a very good turn in Punch Drunk Love. I really did like his performance there. The Cobbler. Who's good in The Cobbler. But I'm like hearkening back to Billy Madison, Waterboy, like where he was trying to be like, I don't know. He's trying to be like dramatic and real, but he just comes off as like weird and like playing a character. Anyway. I don't like confrontations. <clears throat> I'm a Voiga. 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, he says, what do you want? You sh- And Joe says, I just need a moment of your time. And Joe notices that there's a photo of who she thinks is Jake and Jess behind the counter. This is a very current photo of two <laughs> young like men. Ryder Strong and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Two young men in the 90s. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense. That they're wearing like 90s clothes. And he's like, yep, that's me and old Jake. And (laughs) (laughs) Joe's like, "Um, you know, it's Jake loves you. And it's killing him that you guys are at each other's throats. And Jess is like, you don't know the whole story. (laughs) This picture was taken the day that we broke into a store. Well, everyone knew it was the Hanson brothers and the police came after us. And you know what I did? I took the rap. And you know what? Jake doesn't tell you this, but I raised him like a full brother. (laughs) (laughs) And then Joe's about to say something. And then, and Jess is like, let me finish. No, yeah, but he's like, let me finish. He says it in a really weird way. Like Adam Sandler would if he was playing this role. Let me finish. (laughs) I I do. So Jess took a charge for Jake and like he he has a quip line of like, so I was a juvenile and Jake went to Allstate. And when I came back, he left me all alone with my mom. So he really just resents Jake's. And if he knew like the shit hand that Jake's been dealt in California, I don't think he would want to. Deal with that. I don't know, man. Jake's fucking bike shop burnt to the Jess ground. Jess has a shitty ass life, though. Like, would you want to live in that trailer? Would you want to go to work every day at that gas station? Maybe. Seems like it's okay. Like, <laughs> he's his own boss. He hasn't burnt it down like Jake did his. <laughs> Jake's getting beat up by, like, the mob <laughs> at shooters. Like, do you want that? Well, he is hooking up with a lot of nice girls. I mean... Are they nice? Amanda put him through hell. He blew up on a boat. He got shot at by Palmer. But not there's there's not a lot of great things that that Jake has been involved in. Okay. You know? So we're back at Wilshire Memorial Hospital and Matt is Matt has some Medicare forms for Michael to check. Oh yeah. And Matt notices that Michael isn't his usual self. And he's like, are you okay? And then Michael says, yeah, I'm just not used to being in love. And then Matt's like, okay, wait, what? Are you referring to love of money, love of power? Or dare I ask, are you actually referring to like an actual human being? I'm talking about Amanda. I love her more than I've loved anyone in my entire life. And that includes Jane. <laughs> and then I love like you do. Matt is like, it's amazing to hear of note of sincerity in your voice. But Michael, you're married. Married to Kimberly. And it's, it's funny. Like this was just set up so that Michael could let it slip that he's waiting for a payout. Yeah. Before before he dumps Kimberly. Yeah, and Michael says, oh, get off it, Matt. You hate Kimberly as much as I do, and as soon as I get my payout, I'm done. That bitch is going to get what she deserves. So, of course, that information is going to get to Kimberly via Matt. Somehow, some way. Yep. 
Now, Jake and Joe, they're on the road recapping their sexy time. And they discuss again how they're, none of them are ready for a relationship. And Joe literally says, no commitment. That's fine. Whatever. Totally cool. We, we had a lot of fun. Last night was great. And, and now that's the, it. Now they've got to sort out um, Jake's mom's trailer. That's the last thing that they need to square away before they leave. Now they show up and Sam and Jess are there. And this is the only real property that, um, that Jake's mom sort of owns, but she owes more. Yeah, she has still has a mortgage <clears throat> owed to the bank, but Sam says, you know, well, you could sell it. I know a great real estate person, and you could make a little bit of money off of it. And Jake's like, well, that's fine, but whatever money, it goes to Jess. And Jess is like, I don't want your charity, bro. And then Jake is like, look, you're my big brother, Jess, okay? And I looked up to you, and it, if you believe it or not, I actually love you. And I just want to do what's right by you. I want to do what's right for you. He's like, I don't want any of this stuff. Yeah, like... I hate money. <laughs> you kidding me? You put a million dollars in my face, I'll burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, any opportunity for money, I am not taking it. So he quickly signs the papers and he's like, give, it every, give everything to Jess. And as he's walking away, Jess is like, hey, little brother. I'm sorry. Sorry about all this stuff. Maybe I'll give you a call sometime. And Jake's like, yeah, okay. That'll be good. Yep. Uh-huh. Sounds fine. And then they leave. So I think we'll be seeing a little more of a old Jess Hansen. Yep. We're brothers. He's got a huge hoop earring. I know. That's one of my 90s moments. Oh, it is. I mean, it is. It is Mr. Clean it's Big. It's like Sinbad level. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean level. Yeah. <laughs> so um, next up, Michael is returning back to the beach house after a long day of work. And he's calling out for Amanda, but can't seem to find her. And then he hears moanings coming from the kitchen. And Amanda Ooh. has fallen. She said that she's so sick. She just needed a glass of water. Oh, my Michael God. promptly picks her up. And we're going to the hospital right brings now. Brings her right out the front door. Seconds. Like one second. She fucking missed out fire. <laughs> one second after they close the front door, Kimberly comes galloping into the back sliding glass door, calling out, Michael, Michael. I looked at all the, I scoped out real estate in the Midwest and I had a great interview. I have so much to tell you, Michael. And she's going from room to room in the house looking for him. She gets to the bedroom I notices that the covers are all crumpled up and there seems to be a robe that she doesn't recognize crumpled up on the bed. She walks over, she smells it. She then goes over to her dresser and she pulls out her drawer and she finds that the items inside are not hers. She starts pawing through all of the, the negligees and everything in there and just starts saying to herself, these are mine, these are mine. And then... To, at the bedside table, she uh -huh. sees a pill bottle, and on the name, the label, the name reads Amanda Woodward. And Kimberly says, Amanda. And then she closes her grip on the pill bottle for a metaphor that she's going to kill Amanda. You do not want to Marsha Cross 
Kimberly. That bitch. Uh-uh. Don't you cross Kimberly, bro. But here's my question is, how are all of Amanda's things like in the drawers? Dan, actual people, when they go on trips, I know that this is very foreign to you and I, they actually put their clothes away. What? They don't just like live out of their suitcase. Whenever we go on a trip, we'll be somewhere for a week, 10 days. We just have a suitcase and we just live out of it. When I go to Comic-Con for work, I unpack the suitcase. That's one place I'll actually like be prepared. Other than that, yeah, fuck that. No, hell no. Um, so yeah, I guess then, Amanda moved in. And then okay, so Michael Michael has a car at the house. Mm-hmm. So his car was parked. But what about Amanda's car? Yeah, Amanda's car has to be there as well. But does Kimberly know Amanda's car? And could she just think, oh, that's just some weird car? Mm, yeah, I mean, didn't she steal Amanda's car, or it was Jane's car? Jane's. Right. Um. But. She had to have pulled up and seen at least Michael's car there, and then Michael left in his car. Unless his car was in the garage or something, and they took Amanda's car. Yeah, I guess so. Well, the point is, Kimberly does know that Amanda was there. She's on. Yeah, she is. And that's where we end the episode. to the jab. So to recap, Jake's mom is dead. R.I.P. We meet Jess Hansen. Allison is promoted to the president of D&D. And in turn, Amanda gets the axe. Michael is cashing in on a bogus insurance claim due to Kimberly's car accident. And Michael sends Kimberly on a goose chase while he and Amanda get real cozy. Allison and Billy hook up at the office. And Jake and Joe get frisky. And Kimberly knows about Michael's affair with Amanda. 90s moments. Allison's beaded choker in the opening scene. I think a 90s moment, an inadvertent 90s moment is the childhood photo of Jake and Jess. It's clearly (laughs) It's clearly taken in the 90s. It wasn't taken in the 80s where that photo would have been taken. Yeah. Um, the fact that they are firing Amanda via memo. <laughs> and to piggyback on that, to fire someone due to illness, I think has to be a 90s moment because yeah. I doubt you can do that these days. Don't think so. Uh, Joe's circular laundry basket. Ooh. Like when did the rectangular laundry basket come into like vogue? Mm-hmm. Kimberly Shaw's luggage has no wheels. Joe's white wide lapel jacket. Um, Jess Hansen's big ass earring. The fact that Michael would give Allison a day planner. <laughs> now it would be like, yeah, I just have everything on my Google calendar. Yeah. Um, Allison's laptop. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Amanda's house phone. Amanda's acid wash jeans. Yep. Those are good ones. Those are all great. Now, it's time we share with you all our lessons that we've learned from this episode. I've already said one of mine. If you want to um, pull one over on your insurance agent, 
and prove that you're sick and twisted in the head, just lay in bed and put a blanket over your head. And Jenny? Uh, Mine is don't hook up with your boss. Yeah. You know, I think that it just gives them like one other thing to kind of lord over you. It causes Keep problems. Keep it professional. I would agree with that. And then the the lesson that I had written was, if you're being rushed out the door, it's probably probably because someone else is coming in. Mm. Someone's hiding. Now it's time for... Bitch, Bitch of the, the week. week! I'm a boss-ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss-ass bitch. Last bitch, week, guys, bitch, bitch, bitch. it was Amanda versus Allison. Jenny voted, well, nominated Amanda. I nominated Allison, and we had a write-in by Donald of Michael. Mm. So, with that being said, Facebook, in our Facebook group, it was four, three, to two. Twitter, it was one to one. No one's voting on Twitter these days. But Instagram, it was 12 to 45. Whoa, who won? Jenny, congratulations. Amanda was the bitch of the week. Yay! Even though she lost the award ceremony, she won bitch of the week. Woohoo! Let's read their, uh, let's read the comments. First up, Tiffany said, Allison didn't bother, bother to tell Amanda that she had nominated herself for the award totally blindsiding Amanda at an important and very public work event. Then Allison thanks the graphics department before it occurs to her (laughs) to mention Amanda in her speech. That was cold. And I agreed. I agree, dude. She was a bitch. Donald says, although you both made compelling arguments for bitch of the week this week, I unfortunately cannot go with either one of your picks. The bitch of the week is clearly Michael Mancini, and here is why. Amanda has cancer, and she is dying, and she's afraid Michael is preying on her vulnerability right now because she has no friends, and she needs someone to turn to for comfort. The last boyfriend she had almost killed her on the operating table to get control of her company for some reason, so she hasn't been very lucky in the romance department or the friends department since she pushes everyone away due to not being able to show her emotions or something. Michael is her doctor. It is completely unethical for him to be involved with her. He would be fired on the spot if this were real life. And the fact that he lies to Kimberly and tells Kimberly that Amanda is obsessed with him. That is transference is completely correct that it is transference. Since Amanda has no one to turn to, she's going to turn to him of want or need. She's going to turn to him out of desperation and she feels like she's going to die and she has no one else to turn to. So the only one that she talks to and is involved with is Michael. And Michael is a preying upon that because he become he is becoming obsessed with Amanda. And I really hate how he treated Kimberly. She finds out the truth and he blatantly lies to her instead of telling her the truth. This is a woman who he caused her to lose several months of her life. And she forgave him for that despite everything. And now he's cheated on her now not once but twice with Amanda and Jane. So in my opinion, he totally deserves to be the bitch of the week because he was absolutely horrible to these two women in this episode. Mm-hmm. Donald, I'm on to you. 
you will never ever admit that Allison is the bitch of the week. <laughs> you always defend Allison well, every time. Maybe down the road. <laughs> every time. So, Jenny, you won. Who are you nominating this week? The bitch of the week, in my view, was definitely Jess Hansen. <laughs> okay, you're acting like a prepubescent teenager, Jess. I mean, I get it. You have some animosity toward your half-brother for leaving your mom. But you know what? You didn't have to be your mother's keeper. No one was making you do that. And yet you cared about your mom, but it's her life. If she wants to keep the bottle in her hand and men in her pants, it's her prerogative to do so. Okay. And the fact that you didn't even show up for your mom's funeral, you say that you loved your mother. You say that you were the only one there for her, but you can't even go to the funeral to pay your respects to her. And then after she dies, the biggest thing that you're concerned about is where's grandma's diamond ring? What are you going to do with that? Huh, Jess, you going to pawn it. That seems to be the last thing on your mind when you lose someone like your mother. So for those reasons, I think he's the bitch. All right. Compelling. Dan, who are you going to nominate? I'm nominating a one, Dr. Michael Mancini. Oh. Michael, my friend, he suffers from always wanting his cake, having his cake and eating it too. And you can't do that. He is manipulating Amanda. He is constantly like trying to control her and maintain her level of fear and using that to like make her want him or need him when she really doesn't. She has Dr. Steele's program that is going to work. Then he sent, he sent his wife on a wild goose chase and like, you know, provided this huge plot to move to go to Hawaii on a trip to, to, to freaking, uh, you know, joining this new hospital. It's fucked up, man. Don't play with these women's minds anymore. Just break up every single relationship you ever have. Michael, you try to, to wheel and deal and cheat and steal. It's bullshit. You're being such a bitch, man. If you're done with Kimberly, be done with her. But he can't be because he also wants money from an accident that he fucking caused. Michael, you're a total bitch for, for trying to pull one over on a woman who ne- doesn't necessarily give a shit if you're cheating. She just wants you to like her too. Mm-hmm. And he can't even do that for her. You're an absolute bitch, Michael. Can't I can't fuck with you, man. So, guys, what do you think? Who's the bitch? Is it Jess Hansen or is it Michael Mancini? Or is it somebody else? Take to Twitter, take to Instagram, take to Facebook. Tell us what you think and vote. Now, this episode was called Love and Death 101. I don't get it. Like, it's like teaching you the basics of love and death. Love for Michael, death for... Jake. Mancini? No, um... Yeah, Jake's mom? Yeah. Uh, what are you going to rename it? I'm renaming this one Stress Sex. Stress Sex? <laughs> A lot oh. of characters had sex out of just being stressed. Jenny, not your best. 
<laughs> well, Dan, you had a couple stinkers yourself, okay? How about you? My rename for this is The Replacements. Ama- Allison and Amanda. It's replacing Kimberly. Got it. The Replacements. Predictions. What do you think? What's going down in episode 24? Well, nobody's going to be making Jess stay up in Portland or Seattle, wherever he is, the Pacific Northwest, to look over his mom. So he may move down to Melrose Place. He might stay with Jake for a little bit. I want him to hook up with Sydney. Oh, that would be a good pair. (laughs) That'll cost some beef. Um, I think now that Kimberly is now really going to try to kill Amanda, I think she does get offered the position in the Midwest, but declines. And I think that Michael is going to move in with Amanda and leave the beach house. And then Kimberly is going to make it her mission to get even with them. Yeah. Yeah. Michael is definitely moving in with Amanda. After Kimberly gets physical with Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, the no strings attached comment from Allison is going to put Billy with Brooke. Mm. And then we're going to see that same tug of war between like my boss and and my um, my boss likes me and, and like my, my coworker likes me mm-hmm. problem all over again. And Brooke is going to be the new Allison. Mm-hmm. I think Sydney and Jess might hit it off. Mm. And, or maybe, maybe I remember, I sort of remember Jess in episodes. Mm. I think, I think at some point he works at shooters. Like Jake gives him a job. That would make sense. Yeah. And, um, Allison will not be able to handle the job. Mm. And you think she's going to relapse? Yeah, maybe she starts drinking. Yeah. That would be cool. Um her her life at home is going to suck with Amanda there. Yeah. And no Jane in this episode yeah, at all. At all. So maybe we'll get some more Jane. But yeah, those are my those are my predictions. Cool. So we I don't think we got any new reviews, but we did get a, a fun tweet. Um, Casey tweeted at us, just finished listening to yo, yo Season 1, Episode 28 recap of Melrose Pod, and I have a confession to make. I almost peed from laughing so hard when Dan did the Billy voice. Aww. It gets me every time. It gets me too. Yeah, I, I, I quite enjoy that. Um, the Billy voice. And then someone commented on that. The Billy voice is the best. Second only to the occasional, I don't know. <laughs> in, I don't know. In, in, in Russian twang. Yeah. So guys, if you haven't left a review for us yet on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to do so. Um, That really helps us to be found by other listeners. And of course, we'll read your review on the show. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MelrosePod. Um, You can email us, MelrosePod at gmail.com. We love smut. And we love you. (laughs) 